So I just got my Newfoundland and Labrador public library card, which is very exciting. But I think it says a lot about me that like the biggest scam I'm currently running (laughs) is that I have three (laughs) library cards from three different cities. I just got a library card from my parents' house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I still have my Toronto one. We're all uh, on the path of literary lawlessness. (laughs) At least we are using the library. Hello and welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am Sophie, one of your hosts. And I have a randomly generated fantasy name for today. <laughs> it's it's a tongue twister. Let me. <laughs> I hope I can enunciate it properly. Okay. So my name today is <clears throat> Tobe D. Top Tempter. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sophie, say that five times fast and I'll get you a drink. I will not. <laughs> one more time though yeah there's a lot of parts to this and i don't know that we can talk about the second part on air um top tempter (laughs) top tempter top tempter yeah wow tempting the tops (laughs) i guess so (laughs) okay who are you guys well, my name's Sam, and unfortunately, my name is not family friendly. So today, <laughs> my fantasy name is Farmza Copperfucker. <laughs> <laughs> wow, both of us. Yep. Yep. Uh, this podcast is for adults, <laughs> by the way. Just... I'm so glad I put those words in there. <laughs> Sam, I can't believe you went from being a man of the cloth last week to uh... a man of the metal. (laughs) Some other kind of man. No, it's fine. I'm I'm an allomancer from Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn trilogy. Yeah, that sounds right. I I know neither of you get that reference, Mm, but if there's any Brandon Sanderson fans out there... Do do (laughs) allomancers have sex with metal? No, they... (laughs) The concept of the magic system is they swallow the metal and different metals give you different powers. You and I have different definitions of f***. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hannah's going to have such a good time cutting this whole section out. Okay, anyway. Yeah, continue. Hannah. Yeah, Um. my name is Hannah. But for the purposes of today's podcast, you can call me by my actually family-friendly name. Which is Nose's Good Tailor. <laughs> Nose's. So tame in comparison Nose's. to the last two. <laughs> I yeah. don't know where Nose's came from. <laughs> Nose's Moses. Nose's. It's too bad anyone listening to this episode only got to hear Hannah's fantasy names. <laughs> it's a real shame. It's mm. too bad. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. Well, with that, do you guys want to tell us what happened in oh, the yeah. two chapters we read this week? Which... Are two chapters of Aragon, the book we're currently reading. Yeah. Um, you bet I do. <laughs> I just want to preface the summary by saying I read this maybe like three hours ago. I have no idea what's going on. So <laughs> let's cool. start with an old friend. They find Jode, they talk with Jode. Brahm is rude. Safira is <laughs> mean, and Aragon can't read. Oh, and there's a herbalist with a toad who is trying to prove that toads don't actually exist. But in all seriousness, I'm a bit lost with what is going on. I think Brahm was supposed to look after something, which I'm assuming is Sephira in egg form. And then they swore to protect whoever came in contact with it. And then Brahm ended up in Carvajal to hide out, which then just mere chance the egg ended up with Aragon in Carvajal. Anyways, there's a lot of just like lore dump in this but then Brahm and Jode were a part of some same group enlisted to protect something moral of this whole chapter summary is I have no idea what's going on there was a bunch of information given to us and maybe Hannah can give us a better insight into what happened in the witch and the werecat because I am useless (laughs) (laughs) okay 
don't worry, I know what's going on in God. An Old Friend, because I've read this book before. But in <laughs> The Witch and the Werecat, Aragon wakes up in Jode's house with wow. the butler giving him the instructions that he can do whatever he wants while Brahm is away researching. So Aragon goes out to explore. He ends up at Angela's herbalist shop where he meets Solombum, who is a werecat. Aragon immediately offends the werecat, but he apologizes, and Solombum takes a liking to him, which apparently is a rare event. Angela returns from wherever the heck she was and offers to read Aragon's future using dragon knuckle bones, to which he is not allowed to inquire the origin. <laughs> the short version of Aragon's fortune is that he is going to have a long, difficult life full of battle and loss, an epic romance with a noblewoman, a betrayal from within his family, and eventually will leave Elegasia forever. Solombum also offers a cryptic prophecy, and Aragon takes this new information and tells Saphira, but not Brahm, and the chapter ends with Jode's wife, Helen, being super pissed that Jode has friends over. <laughs> yeah. Dang. So, a lot happened. A yeah. Lot. I mean, the very first thing in these chapters is super important. And it's <laughs> that Christopher Paolini is clearly a frog expert. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah so like the like sam said the chapter like starts with them finding this herbalist who eventually leads them to jode's house so that they can talk to him but she's like sitting down holding a frog in one hand and first of all she just is extremely <laughs> difficult when they aren't specific in their questions, which is amazing. She's so pedantic and I love it. Okay, but yeah. did anybody else get flashbacks to when you're in elementary school and you're like, yeah. can I go to the bathroom? And they're like, well, you can. And you're like, may I go to the bathroom? Yes. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, can you tell us which house Joe is in? And she's like, I could. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so good. This is see, so Aragon funny. could be a funny book it right here. This is amazing. If Angela was the main character, this would be a funny book. I want a book all about Angela. Oh my yeah. gosh, me too. I am so intrigued by this woman. <laughs> anyway, so she's like holding this frog, and they're like, Why are you holding a frog? And she's like, Well, this frog, he's actually a toad, but I'm trying to prove that toads don't exist, that there are only frogs. <laughs> um, and her reasoning is that if toads don't exist then this is a frog and toads can no longer do all the things folklore says they do which is like you know make teeth fall out cause warts and poison or kill people and witches can't use them in any of their spells because toads don't <laughs> exist <laughs> which is so great to me like before we get into the frog thing I want a book about this concept. Yeah. Like someone just like making taxonomic rules, which like <laughs> make spells not work. Like being like, sorry, <laughs> toads were actually reclassified into frogs. And you're like, now any spell that needs a toad just can't be done. It's like, damn it. <laughs> that would be very good. You should write that book. I I'd will write it. that book so that I can read it. It would anyway, be so good. It I would be it. so good. good. That's like yeah. exactly my shit that concept <laughs> but sophie are you gonna tell us what the difference between a toad and a frog is yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> i just okay. wanted to get that part <laughs> off okay good because i'm dying to know yeah i was reading this chapter saw that and i was like i could look it up but i think sophie will do that <laughs> so i didn't <laughs> and i already knew didn't even have to Whoa. look it up Hells yes so like okay I got to learn about a thing that I didn't know about before, which is the term folk taxonomy, okay. which is like how people group animals in like common names and things like that. So when you say like a toad or a frog, those don't really mean anything in scientific taxonomy, but to people like, you know what people mean, right? Mm -hmm. And so like in folk taxonomy, a toad is like, a frog that is dry, has rougher skin, and terrestrial. In scientific taxonomy, toads are, like, only from one family called the true toads, which, like, happens a lot in taxonomy. Like, you get, like, one family of jellyfish, which is called true jellyfish, and everything else are just, like, whatever, <laughs> I guess. Sure. Love taxonomy. Yeah, but what's <laughs> great is that some toads in the family 
Bufonidae are called frogs. <laughs> yeah, isn't a bullfrog a toad? Uh, yeah, or, I a guess bullfrog so. is a bufo. It's like yeah. bufo bufo, isn't it? Yeah. A what? It's a, the... a bufo. <laughs> you a know. Bufo? I know Bufo's... nothing about frogs. <laughs> nothing. Bufo's the genus. Okay. So a bufo. <laughs> a bufo. <laughs> the common toad. <laughs> or the European toad is bufo bufo. Yeah. Not bufo, the bufo? American bullfrog, which yep. is what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is the American bullfrog a frog then? Now we have to know. American bullfrog is a true frog so yeah. i'm full of <laughs> okay yeah because so like anytime you try and like pick physical things you can look at to be like oh it's a toad if it has this you know never really mm. is 100 percent true like there's always exceptions to everything so mm. like generally a toad is like yeah dry lives in terrestrial environment and has those like parotid glands so that like bump like the swollen bit on the back of its head on either side okay that you think like when you see a toad you're like ah that thing that's usually an indicator that it's a bufonid like in bufonidae a true toad but other frogs have parotid glands that are visible and other amphibians too (laughs) so Ah. but the fun thing is is that like in folklore which is basically what's an aragon in real world folklore which they've taken and put in in aragon (laughs) toads are always like you know evil and poisonous which is fun because like toads are poisonous like they have a toxin Mm -hmm. in their in those parotid glands and that's where if you've ever heard that like if you lick a certain toad you'll like hallucinate or get high yeah. (laughs) yeah so like bufo toxin is that one and in some cases it'll kill you and in other cases it'll make you high or won't do anything (laughs) Huh, it's like mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like the there was one thing I read that I didn't find I was like last minute, so I didn't find like a credible source for, but it said that like it's interesting that this folklore exists because it comes from like the UK, right? Like that sort of area folklore is where it was first traced to. But in okay. the UK, there are no toads that are poisonous in that way. Oh. Oh. It's true of other toads, so that, like, folklore moved around, you know? Yeah. Kind of spreading to become, like, the legend that it is, I guess. Interesting. Which is fun. Yeah. The other fun thing is that people used to think that because toads were poisonous, they must carry the antidote to their own poison. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. people believed that frogs and toads had, like, a magic stone inside their forehead. Oh, no. That made them immune to poison. And if you harvested it, you would not be poisoned. It's like a Del Toro quest. Yeah. (laughs) A toadstone. There's there's a giant toad in Del Toro quest who keeps a stone in his forehead. He had the emerald, right? Which dulls in the presence of poison. Wow. Cool. Oh, (laughs) right. Isn't that fun? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm stoked. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my, those are my, um, toad facts toads don't exist but kind of they do but all toads all toads are frogs not all frogs are toads okay yeah i was gonna ask (laughs) yeah (laughs) like any of the little you know hoppy amphibians are frogs and toads are just a small subset of them gotcha toad facts toad facts (laughs) toad facts with sophie (laughs) (laughs) okay so we talked about the toad should we talk about jode (laughs) (laughs) yeah what what even happened guys yeah this was like so weird brahm aragon and jode like have a super secret conversation and then brahm asks aragon to leave and then keeps talking to jode and then aragon uses magic to eavesdrop and like i don't know what the point was of brahm letting aragon stay like, why didn't he just say, I need to go talk to Jode, you know? Because, like, he tells a bunch, of, he tells, like, a fake story, essentially, to Jode, so that Aragon doesn't learn any of Brahm's backstory. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then tells Aragon to leave, and then he starts talking to Jode, like, honestly, you know? It was just, like, a weird... <laughs> it was very weird, because, like, even when he's talking to 
Joad. He just, like, obviously is leaving things out and, like, even Aragon can tell. And so it's just, like, I've established I don't like Brom, but, like, <laughs> he was just, just straight up, like, rude and just... He's just not good. <laughs> I don't like him. Yeah, I just really don't know what the point was. Like, obviously, it's for the plot. It's the plot. It's to make Aragon be like, I should listen in when he talks to Jode, because now I'm curious. But, like, I don't know what the point... Obviously, I don't know what... I don't remember what Brahm's background is. Yeah. What the backstory is, even with all these hints. But, like, I don't get why Aragon can't know it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah. Like I, like, I don't get why that is necessary. <laughs> Well, like, what I kind of took from it is that, like, Brom and Jode were obviously a part of, like, something in conjunction with the elves that I'm assuming was to protect, like, Saphira's egg. And then Brom, for some reason, had to hide and just happened to choose Carvajal, which just happened to have Aragon, who just happened to find it. Like, I don't know. It was just, like, a lot of things that I was, like, is this going to make sense or is it all just done for plot convenience? I can't tell. I will say it all makes sense to me. Okay. okay. <laughs> and like a lot least. of the stuff that came up in this chapter, like kind of prompted me to remember a lot of the stuff. I couldn't quite remember who Jode was before, but then it's like, oh, we were in Gilead doing this heist with some mysterious friends. And now Jode has become a merchant to try to help some people called Azihad and Islanzadi getting goods to certain Tronchim. Which is nonsense. Yeah. But yeah. I remember Utter them. nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm assuming that's some kind of resistance group. Yeah. In yeah, another... Probably. Yeah, on another island. Anyway, what my brain is telling me is that maybe this is true, maybe it isn't true based on what I actually remember and what is in my subconscious just, like, clawing its way out. <laughs> maybe Brom went to go get the sword because the sword is special. And then he brought the sword oh. to Carvajal for I'd some reason. That. Like, or so, I don't think it was the egg for some reason. I'd buy that. Somebody's telling me that, like, they tried to send the egg to Brom. And yeah. that's why it ended up so close to him. You know? Yeah. I'd buy that. Those are things that I think is what it is. And I don't know if it's real. <laughs> that, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's what been you're so saying long. works. <laughs> yeah. So Brom says that the last time he and Jode saw each other, Jode is like so shocked to see him because he thought Brom was dead. I don't remember if we mentioned that or not. And Brom says he like found the thing they were looking for and faked his death. And then the thing was given to the elves and then stolen from the elves. And Brom promised oh. to care for whomever received it. And then Jode looks at Aragon and Brom is like, oh, oh. no, this is just some kid. So maybe yeah. it is the egg. Okay, so that makes sense. the way I interpreted that, because I don't remember that yeah. detail, was like, it was probably the egg. Yeah. And it was Brum's job to care for whoever the egg ended up with for one reason or another. But it's weird that it's like, oh, it was stolen. Did one yeah, of the elves from steal the, elves. the egg from el the elves? Like, is that maybe. what happened? Or did the oh, elves maybe. steal it from Galbatorix? I, like, I think, well... My feeling was this, like, thing that they were doing in Gilead 20 years ago, before Brom faked his death, was to steal the egg from Gelbatorix. Okay. Yeah. But I don't And then he know. gave it to whoever, and then it got stolen from there. Yeah. And that's probably related- maybe the scene we saw in the prologue is, like, the elves stealing it back? Yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe. yeah. Yeah, because it- was that- I was- was I wrong? Like- for some reason, I was under the impression that he was like, oh, it got stolen from the people who he had given it to, like, quite quickly. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it wasn't there for very long. Yeah, anyway. that was also the vibe I got. The thing that I didn't understand about this conversation, going off the assumption that their initial mission was to steal the egg and Brown was to care for whomever received it, meaning whoever the egg hatched for. Like, that, to me, implied that, like, Jode knew that whoever ended up with this thing was going to be a dragon rider. So he looks at Aragon, assuming that Aragon is the dragon rider, and Brahma's like, oh no, this is just some kid I met. His, like, family was killed. We're just traveling. Yeah. He has nothing to do with it. And then yeah. Brahm sends Aragon out of the room and tells Jode about Saphira. Yeah. That's, like, that was the part that was confusing me, because I was yeah. like, 
then it feels like he's trying to betray Aragon, you know? It does. Because, like, he's trying to make Aragon think that he is, like, keeping his trust, right? Like, by keeping his yeah. secret yeah. to Jode to protect him. But then, yeah, Aragon leaves, like, I don't even know. I also have to wonder if Brahm is expecting Aragon to try to eavesdrop with magic. Because he's, like, basically told Aragon to do that in the past. Use your magic to tell what people are thinking and, like, figure out what they want. Yeah. So, yeah. like, part of me is wondering if he sent Aragon out of the room to make Jode think that Aragon wasn't listening, not so that Aragon wouldn't hear. Oh. But maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Because, like, it does seem like something that, like, Brom would come out and be like, oh, did you listen to that? And Aragon would be like, no. And Brom would say, well, why didn't you use magic to eavesdrop on us, you stupid kid? Yeah. I just got the feeling that Brom was just being super shady, like, to Aragon the whole time. Like, that was just the vibe I got. It was just Brom was okay. being shady. But yeah. I could see that happening as well, because Brom is just all over the place. It he feels is. it feels like, like a plot device. Yeah. Like, all of this yeah. feels like a plot device to give Aragon reasons to suspect Brom. Yeah. So that he's like, ooh, like, I don't know if I can trust Brom. And then, you know, Brom's gonna die and he'll be like, here's what I was actually doing. Here's why it all makes <laughs> sense. And and Aragon will be like, oh, I'm so sorry that I thought you were suspicious. And then yeah. that'll it'll be that moment. And then he'll be like, because I, you know, killed Brom with my untrustingness, I must yeah. avenge him, you know? Like, that's yeah. what I feel like is happening here. Yeah, probably. That's also, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, like, eavesdropping on a conversation to get an info dump is, like, such a played-out trope, but it always works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was like, it played so out obvious. in 2006? <laughs> I don't know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, I, everybody does this. I feel like that's been happening since people started writing fiction. Yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know what the replacement for that is, because it's... To get you as the reader from like a third person limited perspective with a protagonist to learn information that the protagonist does not have yet and would not yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. It's an effective trope, but yeah. every time I see it happening, it's like, oh, this again. <laughs> this again. Yeah. <laughs> no. It was like a weird, it was a weird chapter. A part of the chapter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I like it because it's like very, well to me at least, very clearly setting up what's going to come next, which is helpful. Yeah. It's one of those parts that when you go back and read it, you're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what's happening. This was great. <laughs> yeah, this is when shit is starting to, is starting to kick off or, like, things are starting to get a little less simple. But Aragorn <laughs> doesn't know that yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like that uh, Brom ends the conversation with Jode by saying, We'd better go out and join Aragon. I get worried when he's alone. That boy has an unnatural propensity for being wherever there's trouble. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, burn. <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> oh, burn. Sick burn. Uh, yeah. Is he wrong, though? Is he's not he... wrong. No. That's what no. makes it so such a good burn. <laughs> uh, I like that, like, I don't know, so minor, but Aragon like does magic, obviously, to eavesdrop to give himself mm -hmm. like keen hearing. And like immediately he's like, and now I can hear Brahm and Jode. And I'm like, you're outside. Like, is there <laughs> nothing else going on? Like you just suddenly have magically better ears and you're not like, holy f I can hear the road 10 miles away. <laughs> you know? Like he's like, no, there's no learning curve. <laughs> None. None. I don't know if you guys looked up that phrase because it's in the back of the book. No. The oh, translation. No. So the the thing that Aragon says, which I am not going to embarrass myself with this time around, <laughs> uh -huh. translates to traverse stone and let me hear, which oh, okay. does kind of give it like a specific intent. But I also really like how kind of clunky and awkward that phrasing is. Yeah, yeah. Because it's very clear. It's like me trying to speak French, where it's like, what are the like handful of words I know that are going to like get my idea across? And it's like, this yeah. is not the best way to say this. This <laughs> is definitely not the most efficient way to do this. But it's like I barely speak any of this language, and this is what I got. Yeah, I was I was about to say like, oh yeah, he's speaking like a different language, so it would make sense if it was in a different order, you know, like 
like it shouldn't just be a direct translation to English. Yeah. Right. But then I was like, well, technically the language he's speaking is based off of that language. Yeah. So it makes sense. <laughs> Looking the at the translation and kind of making assumptions, it looks like the grammar is the same. Mm. The sentence in the old language yeah. has the same number of words <laughs> yeah. in what appears to be the same order. Yeah. So <laughs> we also find out in this chapter that Aragon can't read, which is kind of yeah. hilarious given that going to like read a bunch of records was his idea and like this hasn't <laughs> come up yet. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I also was like, wait, how have we not known how this? How has this not come up before? Yeah, I was I, surprised. I but that's also a, a fantasy trope. Oh, it is a fantasy trope. Yeah, that the protagonist can't read. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you know he's from humble beginnings. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Because reading was only a thing that nobles knew how to do. But, like, Garrow knows how. Like, I yeah. know. Like, why not teach your kid how why to read? Why not teach? Like, does that mean Rorin also doesn't know how to read? <laughs> it must. Like, no, why would you teach not. one kid and not the other? Yeah. So weird. I love how annoyed Brahm is that Aragorn yeah. can't read. He's like, your stupid uncle didn't teach you how to read? What a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. I agree with Brahm on one thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, curious, though, because I was like, can you really teach a person to read in a week? Because I was like, that seems very fast. Yeah. Yeah, because Brahm says that's what they're going to spend the next week doing. Yeah. And so yeah. I looked it up. I did a very brief internet search because I was just Ooh. like, is this a realistic timeline? Yeah. I'll have you know, typing in, how long does it take to learn how to read in Google is a, a thing that a lot of people on Quora ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I found some like actual, it's a lot of parenting websites. Yeah. So for kids, it does take a few years just because obviously the brains are still developing however adults apparently it isn't uncommon for adults to learn fairly quickly and obviously depending on the circumstances and everything some people can learn faster than others but the most common number i was seeing was it takes about four to five months to cool. like master being able to read however i did come across another website I don't know how much I trust it, though, because it kind of gave me goop by Gwyneth Paltrow vibes. <laughs> but it did say that it only takes about 30 hours to, like, master reading. So wow. could Aragon learn to read in a week? Not impossible, but very implausible. Like, I just, I feel like you probably yeah. need more time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that was my deep Especially, dive. like, not having known an alphabet before yeah like if nothing. he's never learned how to read any language or write mm -hmm. so it's like yeah. a whole, whole thing yeah i wonder if whatever language they're speaking operates differently from english specifically and that english has a lot of like weird sounds and phonemes that we've kind of ended up with because english is like the language that beats other corners in an alley and steals bits of them yeah <laughs> but there are there are other language. languages like my dad's first language is Hungarian and he's told me that in Hungarian every single word is phonetic like they don't have spelling tests or anything as kids mm. because everything is spelled exactly the way it sounds. I wish English was like that. I know right? Yeah. But like maybe whatever the language they're speaking in Allegasia is similar to Hungarian in the sense that like yeah. once you know what sounds the letters make you can sound out any word. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, because that would yeah. speed it up, I would imagine. Yeah, and maybe it's like I took a course in ancient Greek language. <laughs> you would, as a fun, yeah, <laughs> you would, literally just to be better at species names. <laughs> again, that is not surprising. a fair <laughs> argument, but again, yeah, I'm not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> not modern Greek, which would be useful. No, ancient Greek. This was, uh -huh. you, listen, this was when I was in my second year of university and I was the kind of person who was like, well, in olden times, scientists had to know ancient Greek and Latin. So I'm going to learn them. Wow. <laughs> and then I didn't. I dropped the class after one semester. But um, <laughs> I, remember, I remember the teacher saying, 
first of all, she would often go on rants about physics and how bad physicists were at writing Greek alphabets, <laughs> which was just <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I was like, hello, I'm a scientist. I'm here. <laughs> Undercover. I'm an imposter. <laughs> I, so many tangents. Okay, but the second one was that she was like, the thing about ancient Greek is that there are no exceptions to any rules. If there's a rule for how a certain ending declines, like the verb, if it ends like that, it always declines that way. And it's like, oh my God, amazing. Wow. <laughs> like, <yeah>. Wow. <laughs> so maybe the ancient language is also not the ancient language the current language yeah is also yes. like that yeah yeah that you would know, make it so easy much grammar to learn because then you just have to learn it once to write yeah. it <laughs> it makes it more realistic that brahm could actually teach them in a week yeah 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 maybe there are fewer letters <laughs> that's <true>. yeah <laughs> they actually only have one vowel <laughs> Yeah. Which, like, cuts down on a lot. <laughs> yeah, you just have yeah. to... They just put dots on it or something. Yeah. D- it's an umlaut. Different accents. I... My favorite part of this chapter, after the frog part, was <laughs> when f- when Brom just throws poison at his friend. <laughs> he just, Wait, like... He just hucks the container of extremely deadly poison oh, yes. at his oh, friend to oil. look at. Like, it's just like, yeah. don't toss it. Don't, why would you toss a container of deadly poison? <laughs> I feel Again, like... not a huge fan of Brom. <laughs> He's like, hey, Joe, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's such like, a dude thing. I don't know. Yeah. I might be biased. I feel like men are always just like, oh, here's a thing. And they'll like toss a, like a beer at someone. I'm like, that's in a glass bottle. Like, just yeah. hand it to them. Just give them the beer. Like, you don't have yep. to throw everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, Brav's gonna say think fast next time. Oh my god. <laughs> throw it at somebody. He's gonna throw it and then berate them for not thinking yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other fun wording in this chapter was that, I guess I'm skipping a bunch. Maybe we can talk about yeah. Aragon hanging out with Sephira. <laughs> oh yeah. Sephira was kind of, again, mean to him, which yeah. I don't like. And also weird that like the first time she talked to him, she's like, you should trust Brom. He's trustworthy. And then the next time she's like, don't trust Brom with this. Right? <laughs> yeah. She's such a teen. Trying she, to yeah, sound into That is true. She is. <laughs> she totally is. I did think that was interesting, though, because there's a scene in both of these two chapters where Aragorn learns something, goes to Saphira, and they discuss it and decide to keep it among themselves. And, like, it feels like... Aragon and Sephira are like starting to become a unit by themselves and like now yeah. that they're actively keeping information from Brahm and like only talking about things to each other which yeah. is an interesting development I'm sure that'll probably be pretty important as they presumably have to like fight the king and save the country or whatever as a pair <laughs> yeah like like I like that they that Aragon goes and talks to her both days you know like yeah it's sort of been glossed over other times, implied that he spends a lot of time with her, but then functionally doesn't. Yeah. And so it's nice to be like, oh, they spend some time together. They discuss things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and it's like, these chapters at least do make it clear that it's a priority for Aragon to be able to talk to Safira, which we haven't yeah. seen before. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. You know, it's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. Sephira like mocks Aragon for his poor decision making, which I support. Which is fun, <laughs> yeah. Aragon tries to climb a cliff and gets stuck, and she makes fun of him for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh wow, big strong dragon rider, you chose the only route up this cliff that would have gotten you trapped. Like, wow, good job. <laughs> what a great job. If only you had a dragon, you could have asked to give you the good route up. But yeah. mm, too bad for you, big strong man. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly funny. how I would react. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, so good. When Aragon comes back into the city, he goes back to Jode's house. And apparently a butler lets him in. And takes him past scores of doorways until they get to the study. <laughs> oh, Do you know how that. much is a score is? It's 20. 
Yeah. There's 20, wait, 20 what? 20 things. So they passed scores of doorways. So that's multiple 20s of doorways. At least 40. (laughs) At least 40 doorways. That's a lot of doors. That's a lot of doors. That's so many doors. I didn't pick up on this. I didn't notice that either. And Joan, like, right before this is talking about it, I was like, yeah, my business isn't doing great. My wife is (laughs) mad at me that we can't live in the same style she's used to. I'm like, yeah, you're trying to upkeep a a house that has 20 doors in between your main door and your (laughs) office. Like, what's on with the rest of your house? (laughs) it's just a bunch of linen closets (laughs) (laughs) no it's just like a circle there's like a there's like four hallways that make like a square and the butler just took him through the circle like four different (laughs) times before taking him to the study Uh uh-huh it's the only thing that makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) 40 doors in his house yeah that's a lot of doors (laughs) and like the phrasing minimum 40 but realistically more like 60 yeah yeah 60 yeah. or more 60 or yeah. more i guess so many doors like aragon has to be being hyperbolic right yeah, there's right? probably like eight doors and he was like oh you should have seen it there were hundreds <laughs> there were yeah. hundreds of doors we were walking down that hallway for 45 minutes <laughs> just so funny <laughs> now now i'm gonna be like okay er- like aragon's like and Sephira was as tall as a horse i'm like okay so she was like the size of a dog like <laughs> yeah she's a german retriever at best yeah. did she say german retriever yeah i did yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> you know a german retriever they uh i mean they uh, definitely crossed before it's not yeah. like a wrong thing to say <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Sam. I appreciate your benefit of the doubt. That regular dog everyone knows about. Yeah. Okay, you can't tell me that somewhere there's not a German Shepherd mixed with a Golden Retriever. Like, who's to say it can't be called a German Retriever? There definitely is one. I looked up a picture and they're adorable. Oh, I also just looked it up. It's very still funny. I'm gonna. I mean, it's in my defense. uh, I'm stupid. Um, the two most popular dog breeds in North America, I think. Yeah. Other than yeah. Labradors, I guess. Just smash them together. Why not? You know, those Labrador shepherds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want a anyway. Dog. Anyway. Okay. Listen, there are other things that happen in between, but they're not as interesting. Can we talk about Solombum the Werecat? He's very interesting. Yeah. He's in Angela's shop. And he is described as being a red cat, or uh, nope, a cat with red eyes, oversized paws, a shaggy mane, tufted ears, and exposed fangs, which is a lot. A lot. Like he's a lion, right? Like a tiny lion. That's what oversized paws t- implies that he's. But is he tiny? Small. I thought he was cat sized. Because he says a large, fierce cat. So like, oh, how large? I could be wrong then. Yeah, how large is? I mean, well, if Aragon's just saying large, he's probably like regular cat size yeah i like it's like oh look at has... the giant cat yeah, yeah true. i like that he has little black tufts on his ears me too yeah, that makes me think he's a caracal is that what they are oh, where they got yeah. long flippy bits on their ears yeah the tufted ears and shaggy mane had me thinking lynx that's oh, where my head went to or maybe like a main coon yeah because they have that they also have I that have like no lynxy kind is. of face a Maine Coon also have the cuffed ears. Yeah, they're uh... just like a big breed of house cat. Okay. Like gigantic. Mm-hmm. Huge. They're supposed to be super friendly, I think, but I'm allergic to cats, so I don't really know that much about them or spend time around them. Yeah, me neither. I'm looking at pictures and they're adorable. Oh my god. Anyway. What kind of cat is your cat? You know, a cat. Ah, uh, she's a, I found this cat cat. <laughs> yeah. She's the floof. Yeah. She is very big and very fluffy. But and yeah, has a forbidden belly. Yeah, forbidden belly. Oh my god, such a forbidden you belly. You can't touch the forbidden belly. <laughs> she, she's a forbidden everywhere except her head. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Unless you're a man, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, your cat's misogynistic. <laughs> so rude, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, I really like that Solenbum has oversized paws, which makes me think that he's like a puppy. And has, like, puppy Aww. proportions. He's gonna get bigger. He's gonna get bigger, but right now he's a little puppy. Aww. Or a kitten, I guess. Yeah. You're right, Wait, again, not a cat Link's, person. Lynx does make sense, then. 
Yeah, like that's the aesthetic that I took away from that. Oh yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. that they have that little little rough. Yeah, they have the their cute face. little rough. Aw, and tufted ears. You're right. He's a lynx. Yeah. He's a lynx. I don't know if lynxes have exposed fangs, but Um I don't think so, but it is a fantasy yeah. lynx. So I'll Yeah, fantasy lynx, big teeth. Fantasy lynx, yeah. big teeth. I didn't have any notes about his tail, but lynxes tend to have short tails. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's like a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> yeah, he's like a saber-toothed Aww. lynx. Aw. He's very cute. I think that's actually a like extinct species, isn't it? I, I have wrong. no idea. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Aragon walks into the shop and Solombum sees him and like mentally says like hello or something. And Aragon is like, holy shit, who's talking to me? Sees the cat and tries to like make the cat think that he's friendly and like not a threat. And Solombum's like, stop doing that. <laughs> I'm just a person like <laughs> you don't need to treat me like an animal and Aragorn's like holy shit you can talk <laughs> I mean Aragorn has a dragon should he really be that surprised it was like weird that he thought it was Saphira yeah which implies true. that like brain talking all sounds the same yeah that yeah. was very interesting you'd think he'd be able to distinguish Saphira's mental voice yeah but I, I guess Aragon, the only people he has talked to mentally are Saphira and, like, once Brom. So maybe he just True. doesn't know enough, or it didn't yeah. even occur to him that a cat could talk, even though Brom told him to talk to a cat. Talk yeah. to a cat. Anyway, cat, which implies that he could turn into a person, maybe, yeah. but he doesn't. I also did not understand that. Yeah. It doesn't say that. Like, it says, oh, they're as smart as a human and can live longer than them. And I'm like, so what is the where part? Yeah. <laughs> Does where mean anything other than, like, shapeshifter? Or, like, that's the only context in which I know to use that prefix. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I'm looking it up. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, this is a Sophie thing again. Isn't this something you know with your linguistics? <laughs> you know, I didn't get very far. <laughs> yeah. I looked up where as a prefix and it's an archaic term for adult male humans and often used for alliteration with wife. I feel like that's not a where like a where wife? No. <laughs> like like as wife. Like the complement to wife, so instead of husband and wife, it's a where and wife, I guess. Weird. Oh. Anyway, later on it does prefix, say, yeah, yeah, applied to an animal name to indicate a type of therianthropic feature or figure or shapeshifter. Oh, apparently, werecats in historical usage are feline human transformations or other beings that combine feline and human characteristics. Oh, interesting. So cat boys. So cat boys. Aragon meets a cat boy. (laughs) Aragon meets a cat boy. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) This was a mistake reading this book in this year of our Lord 2022. (laughs) Oh my god. Wow. (laughs) Oh, apparently, where cats are generally labeled as witches. Oh. in, In Europe. Huh. Man, here I was thinking Pellini was just making <laughs> shit up. I, sorry. This part of the Wikipedia page. During the witch trials, all shapeshifters, including werewolves, were considered witches whether they were male or female. <laughs> just like, you know, the shapeshifters that they found who could shift into <laughs> other into yeah, animals. All the shapeshifters? All the shapeshifters. Hey, what? Can you imagine a witch that was a man? Yeah, we found this werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh... Uh, funny. Anyway. (laughs) And he seems to, like, really take a liking to Aragon, which Angela points out is apparently very rare. But he, like, chats with Aragon and, like, gives him a prophecy and apparently he never does any of this because Aragon is, like, a special guy. So special. Almost like he was chosen. Mm -hmm. Like, a chosen one. The one who was chosen. Wild. Yeah, and because, like, Solombum likes Aragon, Angela decides to, like, give him a Oh my god, guys, sorry. I just realized our favorite character in this book is the same name as our favorite character in Twilight. (laughs) Oh my god, you're right. (laughs) Wait, what? 
Angela is the best. Angela is the best. Oh, I was so confused. I was like, what? Sorry, I got distracted after I said Angela. Wait, that name. Oh, I've I'm said this like... into the microphone before. <laughs> I'm just I was like, what do you mean there brain. is no soul and bum in Twilight? That's right. Yeah. I was like, soul and bum? What? <laughs> I was like, no, wait, Angela. is there a werecat? <laughs> You know the Volturi Solembum? Was there like one lynx in the pack of wolves? Like, probably. Yeah. Anyway, Anyway. Angela is like, I'm going to tell your future because Solembum likes you and reveals that, like, maybe Aragon's mom also could talk to Solembum and came to Angela for like a future reading and had a terrible future. <laughs> yeah. Which probably tracks with whatever happened to Aragon's mom. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> she says like a woman named Selena came and Aragon's like, oh my God, that's the same name as my mother. And because nothing in Aragon is subtle. Yeah. It's obviously nothing. his mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's gotta be. But like the, like, <laughs> I don't know. This woman gives him like the most dramatic oh my God. future prediction it's like there will be great battles raging around you the powers of the land will be fighting over you and trying to convince you to join them a terrible thing is going to happen to you but an epic romance also and someone's (laughs) going to die there will be a betrayal in your family (laughs) she says all of this and then right after he like looks worried and she's like Don't fret about what is to come. The only way the future can harm you is by worry. And it's like, no, his future can definitely harm him. Yes. It's going to harm him a lot, actually. It's going to harm him a lot. Uh, And she's also just like so blasé about it. She's like, yeah, the whole world is going to be fighting over you. Anyway. It's like, huh, weird. Cool. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow, it looks like you're going to live forever. Like, that's weird. Anyway, not going to ask questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, excuse me? <laughs> I feel like if I was a fortune teller and I did someone's fortune and their fortune was, you're going to live forever, I'd be like, hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> do you know anything about this? Because that's yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, they came to the city being like, we got to be super. Yeah sneaky and no one can know who we are and then Aragorn's like yeah tell my future uh-huh and she's like so anyway you're a dragon rider he's like yeah my name's Aragorn and I'm here with Brom and she's like oh you're named after the first dragon rider and holy sh**, Brom that guy's <laughs> life sucks <laughs> <laughs> paraphrased uh, yeah it's a good time she actually does laugh when Aragorn tells him that he's there with Brom and doesn't explain why, except that he is well known by those in my profession, and that the poor man's doom or future, if you will, is something of a joke. It's like, oh, that's so rough. <laughs> oh, Jeez. because like she also explicitly says, like someone who is very close to you is going to die very soon, and it's like it's got to be Brom. It's gotta like be Brom. there's nobody else. Well, like Aragon knows Roran. like three people. It could be Roran. <laughs> it could be Roran. But someone in his family has to betray him, and the only one left is Roran. Oh, that's a good point. Well, yeah. my theory is that it's his birth family mm. that oh, will betray him. We think they're still alive? Selena. Or whoever is... Right? right? She had parents. <laughs> Presumably. Oh, his grandparents? <laughs> well, you know, she, maybe she had brothers and sisters. Maybe they had kids, you know. Presumably Aragon had a dad. <laughs> yeah, who maybe had other children. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, maybe his dad is, like, Galbatorix. Yeah. <laughs> that I, would maybe, be fucking wild. <laughs> that would be... Probably. Is his dad Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's gotta be. Well, because Brahm is, is Obi-Wan. So right. Galbatorix has to be either Darth Vader or the Emperor. Right. The yeah. reveal in the third book that he was descended from the Emperor. <laughs> yeah. He was a Palpatine the whole time. <laughs> Oh, yes. Ugh. Let's not talk about that one. 
The other part of this thing that made me, to, while we're talking about uh, other things that this book is like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, it's so, like, he's going to leave Allegasia forever on a yeah. sailing ship. And I'm like, dang, a boat for Frodo to get, I mean, Aragon to get on <laughs> the end of the book. I had the exact same thought, especially when she was like, and you will leave this place forever. And I was like, really? Are we Bilbo know, now? Right? Damn. He's going to get stabbed by a Nazgul blade. (laughs) I mean, a Razak blade. That happens. (laughs) Yeah, the Razak 100% are. He's going to go into some hallucinating trance or whatever. Brahm is going to have to rush him somewhere. Then they finally come across the elves. The elves save and they're like, you're Aragorn. Anyway. Oh, no. (laughs) I just wrote the book. Yeah. Yeah, you did. And then Brahm has to die so that he can escape something that isn't a Balrog. But it'll be a fiery rock demon of some sort. (laughs) They're going to be in one of the dwarven strongholds. Yeah. That is not Minas Tirith. No. Did did they say it? Or I guess... They haven't said it yet. No, they mentioned Surda and Trondheim, but I don't think those are the dwarf places. No. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, we're dunking on this book a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, stop me if you've heard this before. I really liked these chapters because I really liked this book. But it's, like, so cobbled together of other yeah. fantasy series, which, again, yeah. we've discussed. This chapter is, a, or these two chapters, rather, is a lot of Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, mm-hmm. and a little bit of, like, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. like, all of those just mixed in there. Yeah. And, I mean, like, even seeing all, like, even being like, oh, a boat, right? It's taking Frodo away to the thing. You know, even reading all, I actually also liked these chapters like a lot a lot of stuff happened you know yeah, stuff is going on instead true. of being like what's happening like what are we doing that's true yeah <laughs> i'll give it that we did have a lot of chapters kind of at the beginning where it's like well one thing happened and it was like ooh, there was a storm and now it's like okay we made it to yeah tier and we met jode they like made a plan we learned that aragon can't read he got a prophecy they met a witch they met a werecat like a yeah. lot of stuff happened in these two chapters which like the plot is picking up yeah yeah stuff's starting right. to happen it's about time yeah exactly right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like we're not quite at it yet but at some point this is going to turn from like simple revenge quest to like some kind of wild crazy like adventure with a bunch of like political shit i believe right <laughs> like i assume yeah yeah i feel like we're turning towards the more complex plot here yeah because like this book as much as we're like oh it's so much like lord of the rings and it's just like well like it can't like it's gonna have to diverge from that plot at some point because like yeah there yeah. isn't a thing that he needs to get rid of no you yeah. know clearly the plot is different yeah. So I'm excited for when it diverges. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> yeah. Lots of fantasy elements, but it at least is going to combine them in its own way. Yeah. I had one last thought about this chapter. Okay. Yeah. And it's that at the very beginning, when Aragon walks into Angela's house, it says, a colorful bird with wide tail feathers oh. and a sharp, powerful beak looked at Aragon uh-huh. inquisitively. So this is a macaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which implies that somewhere in Allegasia is a humid tr- subtropical rainforest. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Or else where did she get this bird? But Allegasia isn't, like, the continent they're on isn't that big. <laughs> Yeah, but remember the biome changed so much to the point where he didn't recognize the plants. But like oh, subtropical? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe subtropical? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> well, we only if you look at the map. Yeah. Yeah, like the map is only showing that north half. Now that I'm looking at the map, oh. Tirum is actually souther than Carvajal. Tirum is about like halfway down Yeah. The continent of Allegasia, and then like Serta is the country like to the extreme south. And is Serta like a desert area? Hard to say. <laughs> okay, okay, but it's there could implied be a forest that there. there's more to this map though, right? Like those mountain ranges at the bottom extend down. So like Yeah. It's safe to assume that there's likely a southern portion of this 
world yeah. or whatever that they just haven't discovered. Like Galvatorix runs this, but I don't think it's like a wild thing to assume that there's probably a southern portion to this world. Yeah, and there's like these green islands off to the west of Serta. Yeah, they look like a volcanic mountain chain, which yeah. in our world tend to be pretty tropical for no particular reason. <laughs> Well, okay, but only if the islands are off of a tropical area. <laughs> yeah, but they always are. <laughs> I mean, it's fantasy logic, Sophie, not real world logic. <laughs> Sam and I literally live on an island. <laughs> You're not on a volcanic island, though. We're on a literal rock in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean that is, <laughs> let me tell you, not tropical. Not tropical. <laughs> no, you're not on a, like, volcanic hotspot island chain. No. Which is what that looks like to me. Listen. As someone who enjoys looking at maps and took three <laughs> geology classes. <laughs> yeah. Very qualified. Listen, maybe this bird is magic and that's why it looks like that. I okay. stand by that this map is not showing everything <laughs> and that there's a southern portion no. to this continent where there could realistically be a rainforest, assuming that this is a spherical planet that follows a similar biome distribution to Earth. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just want to note it that on the inheritance wiki okay. it says Uh-oh. Allegasia climate, temperate, semi-arid, and arid. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, okay. but what about Serta and the islands <laughs> off of Serta or the land south of the Boar Mountains? They're not in But Allegasia. none of the trader, all the traders were like going to Serta. Yeah, which is south. Yeah, but that looks like <laughs> yeah. a sand dune area. Yeah. It, it does have a distinctive uh, sandy color. See, on the- yeah. my, my feeling is, is that Allegasia here, this is the UK. That island off to the side is Iceland because Iceland is on, isn't that a volcanic hotspot? Yeah. Yeah, and so, and then the mountains or whatever leave down south, and then, but there is a rainforest area to the south, but I think this area is supposed to be, like, the UK. That's the kind of climate we're going for here. Maybe the equivalent of, like, old-timey naturalists. Like, I want the book about them as they sail off from Allegasia being like, I'm gonna go bring back one of every animal I find. (laughs) I feel like this is what we want from every fantasy world we read. <laughs> it's like we literally just want to read about the zoologists in each fantasy world that we read. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this very entertaining discussion aside, I feel like the point of this is meant to be or to show that Angela is like mysteriously well traveled. Like, oh, she has this thing right. that you can't yeah. even get in this country. Like, that's so weird. So again, I just want to book about her because she's the naturalist <laughs> going off on a boat she finding is. fun things. Yeah. Dang yeah. It. She seemed pretty cool. I'd read a whole book about her. Me too. What were we talking about? <laughs> I think we were talking about how we're done the podcast. Yep. <laughs> yes. So let's guess what's going to happen next. Oh, yeah. So the next two chapters are called Of Reading and Plots and <laughs> oh Thieves God. in the Castle. Oh. So Ericon's going to learn to read. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh-huh. we'll finally get to the main plot of the book. <laughs> Sorry. we'll see <laughs> um, i don't know um the thieves in castle maybe maybe aragon goes to try to steal something maybe him and safira try to do like some secret mission that they don't tell brahm about i'd be into Ooh, that dang yeah i don't know that's my guess <laughs> i think the plot is gonna be to go get into the records it's gotta be yeah, yeah. And then the thieves in the castle is them going to steal the records. I was going to say they yeah. go in to read the records, but I guess with if they're with thieves, thieves, they're yeah, stealing, stealing them. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm also assuming that they are going to be the thieves, but it could be someone else who is the thieves. Oh, it could be. Like they catch them while they're trying to thieve in the castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's like multiple burglaries Damn. occurring at the same time. Just what a comedy of errors. <laughs> Right, comedy, it can't be that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Tragedy only. Angst. <laughs> angst. <laughs> this genre of book is angst, teen it's angst. angst. <laughs> is yes. teen angst and nothing else. Nothing Just that. else. Teen angst with a dragon. <laughs> and a lynx. Wear cat. And a lynx. Yes. A wear lynx. Cool. Yeah, I think we got it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess let's talk about what else we're reading currently. I finished 
a book last night and a book this morning oh, and what? a book yesterday afternoon. Oh my so God. I'm not what? currently reading anything. Because <laughs> I was reading three books at the same time and I finished them all in, within the last 24 hours. <laughs> wow. Tell us about them. Uh, well, I was reading the, I finished the physical copy of Black Sun, yes. uh, our book club book. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So good, although right? it was so good. Although I was like at the last chapter and I forgot that it was not a standalone. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I literally got to the end and was like, what? <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah, there's another book. Yeah. yeah. I was like, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> I think the next one's supposed to come out this summer. Yeah, yeah so it, is. it was really good. And I really want to read the next one. Oh my god, me too. Yeah, and then uh, I was listening to... I started the Robin Hobb series, the Farseer trilogy, on audiobook. I, you know, I have a lot of audiobooks on hold that are coming through that I could be listening to, but I decided to pick up a fantasy series <laughs> from a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> don't know why. It's pretty good. I liked it. I used to have hard copies of that series, and then I gave them to Sam, but I don't know if they made the move with you. They didn't. I did donate them. Yeah, Yeah. I was just kind of salty about the fact that it seemed pretty clear to me in the book that Fitz was black, or at least biracial, and on the cover it's just like some white guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was something that that confused me me too. "Mm." (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it was pretty good. It was like a standard fantasy book where I was like, I'm having a good time. I don't know what the plot is. And then at the end I was like, damn, that was a good payoff. Still didn't really (laughs) know what the plot was. (laughs) It's literally like Way of Kings and Brandon Sanderson. You read Mm. 1200 pages, no idea what's going on, and then the last like 50 pages you're like oh yeah and then i was reading the ebook of i was rereading a mercedes lackey book the serpent's shadow it's a good one still i've read it like a thousand times and while i was reading it i like got close to the end and i was like i gotta keep going yeah (laughs) (laughs) like you know what happens (laughs) that's how you know it's a good book so yeah i haven't i haven't picked up anything else yet but i have i just got the audiobook for a spindle splintered by Ooh. Alex Harrow. Oh, nice. So, guess I'll read that next. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished Between Two Kingdoms, a memoir of life interrupted, which is about a woman who got diagnosed with a very rare form of leukemia in her 20s. And it's very intense and very sad, and it was very good, but um, maybe listen to it when, you know in better times (laughs) but it was good it's just um it's very intense and uh i feel for this woman a lot anyways on a happier note i started reading the roughest draft which is a rom-com and then i'm also reading a house of sky and breath which is crescent city 2 a bad sarah j maps which I might still be reading at the next recording because it's like 800 pages. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll have to read Black Sun in Winter's Orbit because Sam is behind. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) So that's me. All right. Well, I've also been reading some pretty intense books. Um, I finished the Poppy War trilogy by R.F. Kuang. So I, last time we recorded, yeah. I was reading The Dragon Republic. I finished that and I finished The Burning God this morning before work, which was a mistake to read before work. <laughs> <laughs> very good series. Super intense. And I'm very impressed by how she manages to like keep the action going up until like the very last page. I don't know yeah. how that happens. But um, yeah. In addition to that, because being upset about fantasy warfare was not enough, I listened to Call Me Indian by Fred Sasakamus, which is a memoir by the first treaty indigenous player to ever play in the NHL, who was like a residential school survivor. And then after surviving that and playing in the NHL, he like became a leader in his community and like within Canada and participated in like the truth and reconciliation commission and real upsetting because like the last chapter was all him talking about like all of the things that he's been working on in the last like year and the things that he's planning on doing and then i looked him up and he died of covid in 2020 
No. Oh my god. So I've been really sad about that. Yeah. Like he died before the book was even published. It came out like five months after he died. It's really upsetting. But it was a really interesting book. Dang. Yep. So real heavy. But since finishing those, I started listening to The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. Oh, you'll have to tell me how that is. Yeah, I'm almost halfway through the audiobook and it's very interesting. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> anyway, we'll see how that okay. one goes. Yeah. And then tonight, I'm finally going to start our March Midlight Book Club book, which is Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell. Oh, yeah. And that, I'm pretty sure, is like a queer YA sci-fi book. So I am hoping it will be a little more chill than The Burning God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's YA. Oh I no! Could be wrong. I think it's adult, but oh jeez, I... I totally thought it was. No, yeah, it's adult. Space yeah. opera. Huh. Yeah. I guess it just has kind of a YA cover. I was. It deceived. does. Yeah. <laughs> Deceptive. Deceptive. <laughs> well, good because I prefer adult books over YA books, so that's yes. even better. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And just like Jode, I'm afraid I've degenerated into a bibliophile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. I'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. pandemic. What else do you want from me?